0: Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram, the It's Possible Guy. And today I have the privilege of having my friend Lily on. So Lily is just amazing. I'm going to let her tell you guys a little bit about ourselves and then we'll go ahead and we'll dive in.
1: Okay. Thank you. Well, I'm a, a mom and also in my professional capacity, I guess, an anxiety coach. Um, before that, I was a school psychologist for 12 years, but now I focus on being a mental health practitioner, so, yeah, specializing in anxiety and OCD and panic.
0: Well, and, and Lily, Lily's amazing. She's got an Instagram channel, she'll mention at the end, that has you know tons and tons of followers. And she produces amazing stuff. You know, one of the things, I, I've talked to you guys about this understanding, you know, known as the three principles. And one of the things that we talk about a lot is thought. Well, there's what we call intrusive thoughts. And a lot of times, like, you know, in at least the way I was raised, at at least in my culture, sometimes we believe that those repetitive thoughts, that it's it's the spirit, that it's this inner voice telling us to do that thing. And the thing that I've learned about this understanding, and and especially like there's been many times I've watched one of Lily's videos when I was going through some hard times, The, the thing I've learned about this understanding is repetitive thoughts do not mean that that is a sign from God to follow it. Like we just, we just have thoughts. We just have thinking that occurs in our heads And, you know, sometimes it's about whatever happened that day. Sometimes it's about what we see. But but the important part about those repetitive thoughts is that if we, if a thought leaves you feeling good, you can follow it. But if it leaves you feeling bad, that is also a sign from God telling you, giving you almost a state of confusion and saying, hey, no, I I am not telling you to go insert whatever horrible thing is coming to your mind in this moment
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think and you had said this understanding this is just truth like it's just what we're talking about is just that just because you have a thought doesn't mean it's your thought um it also doesn't even have to be repetitive you might have one thought that pops up that's like run that person over with your car that doesn't mean that you want to do that you know we all have a bunch of different thoughts you know upwards some people you know 60 000 thoughts a day And, but I think when people don't understand that, you know, don't understand the meaning of thought or how thought works, then they can have a thought that's like so weird and they'd never want to do. And then they can trip themselves up by saying, oh my gosh what kind of person thinks about running somebody over with their car. And what happens is it gets so fast because then they can think of, have I ever been violent before? You know, their brain just does all of that kind of going back into the past to like real or imagined memories. And just it's because it's never the one thought. It's like the thoughts on the thoughts. It's like the 10,000 thoughts that follow. But when we can understand that, then that thought can pop up and we can just be like, Oh, whatever. As you said, like, we're not going to, we are free to bring any thought to life, but we're also free to let the thought go that feels weird and, or does not make us feel good? You know, that's on true intrusive thoughts, but also even if you're, you know, we drop thoughts all the time. Like if you paid to go to a concert, cause I know you like music and you were thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't edit that podcast, um, all these things to do. You might say, I'm going to let that go because I'm here at this concert. I want to enjoy that. You know, we drop thought all the time. Um, we notice that our mind goes to it, but if we're out with a good friend and we think, I don't know if I sent that one email, we're like, okay, I'm gonna let that go. I'm gonna get returned to the present. But sometimes people think that an uh, intrusive thought, uh, which I don't even know if I like using the word weird, but a thought that's like more disturbing or 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 like not really like them, they think, well, I don't wanna drop that thought because what if it's something to investigate? Like, what if I'm a bad person? <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, and you bring up the the thought upon thought upon thought. Yeah, you know, there's that, there's that phrase, there's that I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's like turtles all the way down, or this this giant stack of turtles are supposedly holding up the world in in some you know old old understandings, and and it is it's it's thought all the way down, like and and the further we take those thoughts down. Like we can we can put ourselves into a pretty rough situation, yeah. Like really, really, really quickly, you know. Like we we start off with the one thought of like you were saying about you know driving and 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 I love I love how you just op- openly say yeah the thought about running somebody over with your car because like everybody has crazy thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I call them crazy leprechaun thoughts because they don't. Make any sense when you really, really sit and think about them mm-hmm. in the moment we can we can have some pretty random and crazy thoughts go through our head yeah. and we start asking questions like, Where did this come from? Why am I having this thought? Yeah. We're having the thoughts because we're we're spiritual beings having a human experience, mm-hmm. and part of that is just having these thoughts like
1: yeah.
0: and it means nothing about you,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's very true. You know, it's so true. We're just having thought. I mean, then when we realized that it's like, Oh, cause I know we both know Michael Neal and I was having a conversation with him a few weeks ago. And he said, if I have an opinion about my thoughts, you know, there's already, already trouble, you know? Um, because then it's like, you have to sort them good, bad, right, wrong. And if one's bad, there's a problem. And you, you said that, that when, we bring that thought to life, it can feel really confusing. But I think for some people, they think, well, this confusing means I need to I need to think harder. I need to, and that's where people can get stuck in that loop of rumination, which sometimes it feels like they're having intrusive thoughts all day long, but they're not, what's actually happening is they're unintentionally picturing the thought to try to gauge their emotional reaction to prevent something bad from happening. So say, for example, it was running somebody over with their car. And they could be even just out of the car, they're back home, but they're thinking, oh my gosh, why did I why did I have that thought? Let me picture driving, somebody's crossing in front of me. Would I run them over? Um, but then if they're like, well, I don't know, because I I don't know, maybe I would. Um, but if they're like, no, 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 definitely not. They just get stuck with like not wanting to over worry, but not wanting to under worry. And, and then it gets really confusing. Because as you and I know, whenever we get really anxious, we're just not really intelligent. Like our thinking is distorted. We're so confused. But when people don't understand, they think confused. Like, let me think about it more. Let me think about it more. Let me think about it more. But when but that's actually not where the healing is. That That feeling of confusion and suffering is just an invitation to like, let it go, look in a new direction. Because then when you become present, you're like, oh my gosh. You just know so deeply, oh, I'm a loving person. I'd never know. Why did I even think that was something to worry about?
0: Well, and the thing that comes to my mind when you talk about confusion, like that confusion, I believe is actually like I used to look at it as kind of like good thoughts come from God and bad thoughts come from the adversary. And now I've realized or or, I'm sorry, good feelings come from God and bad feelings come from the adversary and now what i've realized it is they actually both come from god mm-hmm. one's just telling you green light go forward mm-hmm. and, and the confusing th- the confusion thought is telling you to stop you know and at least i don't know the, the way i was brought up i just kind of got the idea that if i was having these overwhelming feelings that was god saying go forward and and you know, it's just kind of like it, it it see, like even the way you look, you're like, that doesn't make sense now. And it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me anymore. But it really did. It was like, oh, if I'm having this overwhelming feeling, it's just a sign that it's something I don't want to do that God still wants me to do. And now I've learned it's the exact opposite. Like the stronger that yucky feeling gets, like I look at it as walking into a bad neighborhood you kind of just start feeling off the further you get in the worse you feel because you're getting to a really really bad part even worse part of the neighborhood mm-hmm. and it's just a sign to just simply turn around yeah. and I, I one time was talking to michael about this and just talked about a traumatic experience that i would had and i said yeah but i just want to get rid of even that hint of that that tiny tiny feeling and he told me, he's like, Joseph, no, you don't. And then I realized, oh, wait a second. That tiny feeling, that off feeling is the sign out, a person outside of the neighborhood holding the sign that says, you do not want to go in here. Remember the last time you went in here? Like, it, it's kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's actually a gift. So when we start having these yucky feelings, just recognize that they're, it's just telling you, hey, turn around. You just got off course a bit.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, just like if you put your hand near a hot stove, you know, I know a lot of people in our community will say that. I think Dickens was the first one that said that, you know, if you put your hand near a hot stove, it's going to hurt, you know, and then your natural tendency is to pull away, you know, just as if you're in the sun for too long. And again, I heard this from Dickens you're in the sun for too long there's a natural tendency to move towards the shade and so what can happen when people have a different understanding about thoughts and feelings is then oh you start to feel bad your natural tendency is to to have some distance from your thoughts just not take your thoughts so seriously like that feeling bad that suffering is feedback the suffering is i don't mean to be like keep saying people but i never want to take credit dr pettit had told me that suffering is a health promoting invitation to look in a new direction beyond the intellect you know so suffering is not punishment it's an i think what this whole conversation is oh wow it doesn't mean we're doing anything wrong it doesn't mean we're broken it doesn't mean yeah you feel bad because you are a bad person but oh wait this is an invitation to look in a new direction beyond your intellect beyond that train of thought
0: yeah i I like what you said about suffering it's like there's times I will sit and enjoy playing video games and there's plenty of times I sit and it's like from the get-go it's just kind of off. Mm. And and I love that idea that suffering is just well are you enjoying this? Yeah. You know is is this is this something that in this moment is bringing you joy? And if it's not, you can stop at any moment.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, you might like that book Dr. Pettit had. It was from a quote, it was I can't remember, but it was like on the Bible was the title of the book, I think. And it was, I can't remember the, the, um, the name of the author, but it, he said that suffering is a salutary invitation to look in a new direction beyond the intellect and salutary. We looked it up, Dr. Pettit and I will, he looked it up with me is a health promoting invitation. Just as when you were saying playing video games, it also made me think of if you're sitting in the same position, it starts to hurt. You know, like if I was to sit here cross-legged for however long we're going to talk, eventually my leg would start to hurt and I would have a natural tendency, like a natural inclination, to move, to shift, you know, just as like, but then I think when we're more, less judgmental, more understanding, then as you said, it's like, oh wait, I'm not really enjoying playing video games right now. And you pause and then you might be guided to do something else, you know, and that's, I think, can happen with rumination or just kind of that, like, you know, we can be like, oh, wait, this doesn't feel good. Because when I get caught up in worrying about something, I do feel like I have a tap on the shoulder and I'm like, oh, like that worrying feels um. I can notice it because it doesn't feel good. And I also know that that's not where I'm going to get any wisdom from. So it's like much more exciting to like, let it go and see what comes up.
0: The characteristic that I've been focusing on a little bit more, just kind of indirectly is curiosity. Mm -hmm. Like just, you know, when we're, when we're talking about doing these things, it's like, Oh, I'm feeling something's feeling off when I'm doing this activity. And it's like, well, we, But I was reading this book, Michael Neal actually recommended, well, he didn't recommend it, but he quoted a, there was a single line that he quoted in there, the take the first step and the next step will appear. It's called A Rich Man's Secret or something like, oh, there it is. It's called A Rich Man's Secret. And uh, and it's interesting because it talks about in there how everybody gets hypnotized. We all get hypnotized in whatever activity that we're doing in that moment. Mm-hmm. And there it is so important that we do pause mm-hmm. because, like you were saying, when we pause, we give opportunity for new insight to come. But I think for most people, like when they start feeling suffering, they almost double down. It's like, oh, I'm watching this episode of TV and I'm just I'm just starting to feel uncomfortable. I'm starting to feel off and, and they just keep watching It's like, oh man, I must have just had a really hard day i I must just need to watch more and more and more instead of getting curious on the feeling of, well, what what am I feeling? Like, am I loving this in this moment? Or am I just caught up in a, am I caught up almost in a time loop? It's like, I remember the scene in uh, the Doctor Strange movie where he basically locks up with Dormammu in this time loop. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, I've, no,
1: I've never seen Okay. It.
0: So in, in a uh, Doctor Strange it's been out long enough, so hopefully this isn't ruining it for anybody. But there's a portion of the movie where he basically locks up Dormammu in time. Like he's on this time loop and and he, you know, he, he basically convinces Dormammu, this like I mean, essentially a god in their world that wants to destroy Earth that he's like, Well, I'm on a time loop, so you I'm you're my prisoner forever if you choose to, you know, keep messing with me. And finally, you know, their mommy leaves him alone, but that's that's kind of how our thoughts work. You know our thoughts come in and and even the feelings we just get taught we get caught up in these feeling loops, and instead of just you know kind of like on a racetrack, they just go around and around and around and around and around. We all need to take a pit stop and just just pull off, just sit and just be,
1: yeah, yeah. it makes me also think of, uh, cause I work, I had very, whatever. I had a lot of anxiety, disordered anxiety and panic and everything. And I think when I would suffer, or the thing that I was trying wouldn't work. I was like, I'm going to double down. So kind of when you were first talking about that, and I think a lot of people that I work with, it's like, all right, I'm going to tighten up my diet. I'm going to biohack. I'm going to do, you know, double down on all this meditation and this mindfulness and this tapping and these crisp, like, you know, we, Think it's going to be outside um and and i think you know there's so many roads to healing but for me it was like more techniques more thinking more like resistance and just adding more noise to my head when you know i think you had said we all need to pull over no one needs to do anything we are so free but what we're talking about is actually the way to feel better and and it's so simple is actually there's a lot less for you to do especially when it comes you know and i'm speaking on anxiety just because that's my areas area of expertise but it come when it comes to intrusive thoughts anxiety ocd and panic and probably life in general but there's a lot less for us to do and when yeah when you said when we pull the car over and we put it in park that's when we settle down. And that allows like fresh new thinking, or sometimes it comes and it's like, oh my gosh, it's not a problem. Why did I think it was a problem that I wasn't into video games today? And that video games could be exercise or creativity, you know, because I think sometimes I know that we push ourselves, you know, I have to, whatever it is, like, I know that sometimes people wouldn't say I have to play video games every day, but we think that we okay, I want to do this. And then sometimes we don't feel good and it just can be a signal to, oh, slow down and get quiet and see what comes up, you know, and allow ourselves to, I think, um, flow through life rather. And I don't know if you've read George Kransky's new book, Life is a Metaphor. I just got it in the mail yesterday. Oh, it's so good. So one of them he's talking about a sailboat versus a motorboat. And a sailboat, you're more like, you know, I, I guess- you know, you have to kind of rely on the wind, and sometimes you can turn your sail and catch the wind, but sometimes there is no wind, and so you stop. And sometimes we need to stop, and and you know, rather than just like motorboating your way through life. And I didn't do that vignette justice, but um, it's it's a really wonderful book. I'm excited for you to read. It's just so I love the metaphors that he uses.
0: What I picked up on what you said about George Pransky's metaphor, and I haven't I just I haven't read the book yet, but is how with a motorboat, it's like efforting with with a a, a sail, and this is probably a little bit off something Michael Neal said in one of his many, many things I've listened to. You know, you're picking up the direction of the wind yeah, and you're yeah. using it. It's like, okay, well, which which direction is the wind blowing me in this moment?
1: Yeah, yeah that's exactly yeah what George was saying about the wind
0: oh perfect so I don't have to read the book I'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: totally yeah. just that one little one
0: but we do though we try so hard I mean especially you know there's I mean it, it the podcast is called happy and single so there's a ton of single people that listen especially as single people like one thing I've seen is when I talk to somebody that's gotten married that just wanted to get on with life and is now divorced. They just wanted to effort their way through life. They just wanted, they didn't feel good about it, but it was like, well, it's this or be single. And they don't realize it's actually taking them backwards in steps because you're going to have to probably be single again. And then go out again with all the extra thought that you have now about your experience. And so it, it's just interesting when, when we let the sale direct us, Instead of saying like, I mean, it's those moments we basically, I mean, one of the moments for me was when God said, be patient, be patient, be patient. I was like, no, not good enough. And and he could have, he could have probably said, all right, well, this isn't going to be very fun what you're about to do, because you're about to force an answer that I don't want you to have. And oh my goodness, it was, I I should have listened to the be patient.
1: (laughs) And it's so funny because I think we hear things obviously what's unique to us. Cause I, you know, when I was single after getting divorced, I heard it so clear, you're going to be single for three months and have so much fun. And, um, and it just, I just, it like, it came to me. And so I was like, I wasn't also like, I must meet somebody yet. It just, that was the feeling that I had um that I felt like came to me from, uh, okay. And so um, I really had fun. And then it just happened that that's when I met my partner and we've been together for three years. Um but
0: so I'm I'm curious on that note, like what what were you doing when you had that thought or that feeling? Were you were you looking for an answer? Or were you just kind of off?
1: I had just joined. I mean, I'd been in a long relationship and then I was like, just kind of like, OK, I'm going to go on dating apps. And I just it just I just it was just a knowing, you know, it just it was a thought, but a knowing, you know, um, and that's where I think, you know, to go on thoughts sometimes they're thinking thoughts, I'm going to be single for three months, but sometimes it's just an image. It's just a knowing, like, or just a feeling. Um, And so who knows? I mean, I just had that. And so I, it wasn't good or bad, but um, I also think for me, when I was dating, I had been married and I had had children and I was just like, I mean, I think regardless whether you are not, it's so much more fun to think of dating as fun. Um, But I was just like, I didn't take it so seriously in a way, I guess, because I wasn't trying to find um, like a life partner and somebody to have children with, which I think is interesting because I think when you don't take it seriously, you set yourself up better for success. Because I think if you're thinking, I need to find a life partner um, and somebody to have children with, you might get in your head, you know, because this, my, who I'm with now, he's an amazing father to my children and he is my life partner and he is who I wanted. Um, but I think because I, I had a light, um, just, I could, it was just kind of free. And and who knows, Like I mean, because it's interesting because we have a thought and, and it feels real. So who knows if that's a true thought that I was going to be single, Who who knows where it came from, but Also, I didn't hold it in my mind all the time. It was just funny because it just, that's how it worked out. And I remember having that thought very clearly, like the moment that I downloaded a dating app.
0: (laughs) Isn't it crazy that we have to say like dating should be fun? (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: If if it's not fun, if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong.
1: (laughs) Well, the thing is just with life, not every date was fun not every day on a dating app not every interaction was fun but just like with moods in our life moods come and go you know um and it's not the moods it's like the power that we give them and if we're going to you know really breathe that to life you know where yeah i went on dates that weren't great i you know um some were fine you know some were light and fun but i didn't ever meet anybody amazing until I met my part, I mean, I met some nice people, but like, but I guess I don't, I, I know what you mean if it's not fun, you're doing it wrong, but I think then people might, then they can get up in their head where it's like, I think for me, what was, I mean, not saying any shoulds at all. Um, I think, I guess being in this conversation, this understanding for the most part, I, I allowed each new date, each new day to be fresh and new and kind of not bring in the story that, and some of it was like, oh, I'm not going to, this isn't going to apply to me. You know, um, other people's stories about the badness of dating apps or uh, dating and being single, which I like that you're having happy and single, because I was like, in a way, like, I'm not going to claim that energy. I don't, just because that was somebody's experience doesn't mean it's going to be mine.
0: Um, So I'm curious, did you mostly go out? Cause I know there's a lot of people that say, Hey, give everyone a chance. I'm not one of those people. I'm one of those people that like has a pretty decent idea of what I want. And I've been on enough really bad dates to not <laughs> like, it, you know, not that, not that every date is going to be amazing or perfect. And I don't go on many dates cause I just kind of know what I'm looking for. And, and so, but I think there's a difference between going on dates that you think are going to be good and want to enjoy and just kind of going on a date just because like, I was thinking about I'm, I'm giving a presentation next week and one of the thoughts that came to me is like, you know, what are the two words that destroy dating the fun of dating and it's blind dates. <laughs> you know, it's just going going out with somebody that you really don't have any desire to be out with instead of getting so excited about going out with someone that cause you know, you find them attractive and you're and you're looking forward to it. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. Did you mostly go out with people that you wanted to go out with or did you yeah. like, say yes to anything?
1: Well, and to me, my my answer would differ. I feel like it would be seriousness and judgment. Seriousness and being in your head would be the two words, you know. I mean, but that's why it's so wonderful that we all have a different perception. But to me... Um, you know, and I'm, in, I'm excited for you to read George's book because I, I read this one that's on involvement versus investment. So, when I sent it to um, a friend of mine who is dating, um, and involvement, like we feel really good when we're involved, when we put our heart and soul into it. And I think some of the time, more of the time, when I went on my dates, I was, you know, I dressed up, I listened, like, you know, involvement, but investment is the thing that can make it not fun you know, and so we all do better to be more involved and we put our heart and soul into it, you know? Um, And I think there was very few times, like honestly, probably two or three dates that I didn't, that I just wrote them off and that, you know, and it wasn't fun and I just wanted to leave when, even if we weren't. So, I mean, I know to your question, it ebbed and flowed um, in terms of, sometimes I think I dated, I would go on a date just for validation and insecurity or like whatever, um, you know, like if it was somebody that was like much younger than me, um, like I would kind of be persuaded if they were like, oh my gosh, let's meet for a drink. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, or like, I think sometimes I would get persuaded, um, or allow myself to be, on, oh, and I would know like, um, but I think also, ultimately it's like, I, I didn't know who I would connect with and Um, but obviously I think there would have been something there for, um, whether it was just a physical attraction or for some people, we would have been messaging and talking on the phone. Um, so that's, I guess who I went on a, who I would go on dates with. Um, and I just did light dates sometimes. I mean, I was so excited and I lived in Los Angeles. I could go on, a lot of dates and i also did feel like i was only going to be single for a little bit so i'll just have fun and i would meet people for coffee i would meet people for a walk so i wouldn't always be like oh i'm going to meet you for like dinner or a drink but um but yeah i would do like early day dates and sometimes things say, like that
0: say more about what you mean by involvement versus investment like i understand the involvement part i think but but you didn't talk much about the investment part of that, so that's what i was curious
1: Okay, let me see. Let me see if I can find it from George um, because, well, he's so good. Let me go and bring you over. Um, Okay. Okay, this is from George Pransky's book, Life, Life is a Metaphor. And this is on investment versus involvement. So involvement is how much you throw your heart and soul into what you're doing. People do their best when their involvement is highest. They also get more enjoyment out of what they are doing when they are involved. Investment is how much you care about the outcome. It's asking how emotionally invested you are in being successful. When we are invested, we feel as if our well-being is attached to the outcome. If things don't happen in our favor, this affects our moods and how we see ourselves. High investment is bad for human beings. It makes us tense. It is a distraction. It takes us out of the moment and out of involvement. We would all do well to not worry about outcomes. Humans often live their lives worrying about outcomes. And so he could go on, but then he says, winning or losing the game is only a small sliver of our lives. We spend most of our time playing. Why not choose high involvement and enjoy it? And I had sent that to my my friend who was also a client of mine, because I think with dating, we can be invested well, this has to go somewhere. But I think to me, investment and seriousness is what ruins the fun of dating because it's so much better to be involved. Even if you're just going to be present with that person, even if you know you're not going to be with them romantically, that's going to be a much more fun half an hour or hour is if you put your heart and soul into it and you listen because- you know, that's a, another human being that's there for you. And I also felt like I had heard somebody say this and it's kind of, I don't know what my thoughts are on it in a way I could put it down, but I also just loved it. That dating is free therapy. And, um, and so I felt like I kind of was like, I saw each experience and I didn't do each date perfectly. Like there was one time, you know, and I know I just there was two times I like just really didn't feel connected and I just kind of felt an ick and just like wanted, I was like made it be an excuse and got out. So I'm not being like, oh, I was a perfect dating person. But more often than not, I tried to be involved and curious and and um just because that's how I'd about go out to life, you know, rather than being invested um in in the outcome.
0: Something you know, somebody said in there that you know we're playing the game a lot more than we ever win. It's like I mean, if if we had to compare our wins, you know, like winning a winning a cha- just looking in sports, like winning a championship compared to the entire year, it's like you have the moment that intense moment that you've built up for the entire season, and uh, the way I kind of look at it. Is our experiences they have a half-life? So it's like in the moment, it's like, oh, this was the greatest experience ever. This was so amazing. And the next day it's like, oh, that was that was awesome. And the next day it was like, oh, that was good. And by the end of the week, you're like, have I done anything this week? <laughs> it's like, I I won the I, I won the uh Super Bowl on on at the beginning of the week, but by the end of the week, it's like, I don't. I don't know. So I mean, you know, it's not necessarily exactly like that, but but I love the playing aspect more than the winning aspect.
1: Yeah. Well, I think Michael said that story of I don't know if he said it a lot, but a a man he worked with a client who was just you know maybe a billionaire or something, or and he had wanted to make a billion dollars or something for his company, and he'd been working and working for years and years, and sometimes would miss. Kids sporting events, but it was like this goal. And then when he got there, I think it was a billion dollars or some some giant amount. And he went outside and he was so happy for ten minutes, you know. And then it was like, oh, you know. And so I know you kind of like a day and and but sometimes like oh yeah, life is more about the playing. Um, and and not saying we can't have goals and we can't do that, but um but it just is interesting thing to think of involvement versus investment kind of also I think Michael and George had both talked about hope versus expectation to me. And that is, you know, where expectation is, well, here's how I want it to go, you know, kind of like conditional hope. And then that can set us up for disappointment um, because, well, it's only going to be good if he asked me out for another date or if it's only going to be good if she does this, um, or anything else, you know, um, I know we were talking about thoughts and then we've moved on to
0: dating. <laughs> no, the investment, like getting more invested takes us out of the moment and actually gives you less of a chance to be that invested. Like when you're just, when we throw ourselves in and play all out in life, like, Everybody wants to be around us. I mean, there was a, there was a particular girl that I knew that was like, I mean, not ugly, but also not the most attractive. That probably got asked out on so many dates because she was just fun. I mean, she probably made plenty of guys think like, ah, oh, we really want to take her out, but I'm not that attractive. Like there, when we throw ourselves into the game of life, I mean, that's what—that's where happiness comes from. It comes from just throwing ourselves into all the different games of life that we want to play instead of sitting on the sidelines, watching everyone else play the game that we want to play.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think you said that investment keeps us in our head. And actually, when we feel intimate and doesn't have to be, you know, like a R-rated intimate, but when we feel intimate with people, it's when we're together without much on our minds. You know, when we're invested or something, we might be kind of judging and having opinions. And then we don't feel close, whether it's just with a friend or a family member, it's like, we just feel better, more connected when we're present without much on our minds, you know? And, and we're just, yeah, just get to play together, you know, or just get to be together.
0: Well, and one thing that Michael Neal says is, you know, the more you get to know people without so much thinking in your mind, the more you fall in love with everybody. Yeah. And, and, I'm, and I'm starting to have those moments where you just get to be with somebody. And it's awesome. I and mean, people have some really, really cool stories that you probably would never hear unless you actually take the time to listen. That seems obvious, but.
1: <laughs> well, but. That's where I think involvement in dating, that person might not be your romantic person, but they might have a great story. And I know how much, like if I'm there, somebody checking me out at Trader Joe's can brighten my day just with a nice conversation, just with a smile, you know, and also you never know who you're become. not that this might be, oh, now it's investing, but <laughs> whether it works out romantically, that person might become your friend and you might meet somebody through them, you know, where- You know, on one end and the other end is you had a nice conversation, you know, and you you learned something new.
0: And the thing that's coming to my mind now is how much you you talked about anxiety and how much anxiety that sometimes people feel on dates. In that moment, all that's happening is we're caught up in all of our personal thinking we're caught up in all this stuff about us. Well, how am I relating to this person? How am I insert whatever compared to this person? And and I Sydney Banks said, and correct me if I get the quote wrong, but he said, Um, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but it's thinking of yourself less. And and I remember hearing a story that this girl she said, Hey, our, our parents taught us before you leave the house get ready look good and af- and after you leave the house don't think about it again like you can't do much with what you've been given I mean you can sculpt it and get in the best shape of your life but barring like many amounts of plastic surgery you have what you have and I love the idea that you know God made each of us and he didn't make any mistakes. He knew exactly what he was doing. And another thing that I heard basically talked about how you know we were given the exact characteristic characteristics, the exact attributes, the exact everything to complete our missions on this earth. And I think the more we understand that and make our life more about can you know doing I, I love the there's a quote in the book, C.S. Lewis's Screwtape Letters. It says, most men live their entire lives doing neither that which they ought to do, nor that which they want to do. So they don't do that, the things which they are supposed to be doing, which they're, you know, feel called to do per se. And they don't do the things they want to do. They get hypnotized in this world with everything going on and Instead of just letting themselves do what they want to or do what they feel guided to do.
1: Yeah. 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 It's so true. You were saying something and I thought of something, but then I got involved in just listening and, and forgot. Um, so if it comes, it comes. But yeah. Oh. Hmm. So it was, I think when you were talking about. Humility and thinking less, but. If it comes back. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's
0: it's so funny. We have, we have those moments. And whenever we forget something, it's okay. Because if it's ever meant to, it, it'll come back.
1: I remembered it. Because what sometimes with worrying about people's perceptions, when you were saying that God made us all perfect, What one person might find annoying about you could be somebody's favorite thing, you know, because I remember when I had, um, I'd done a lot of workshops on myself, like long retreats and in healing. And one of them was the Hoffman process, which is a very intense kind of seven day you're there. And, and at one point people give you, um, they talk about negative transference, which is just, somebody has an idea. They, it's not about you, but it's, oh, Joseph, when I first met you, I didn't like you because you made me think of my brother who got, you know, he was my parents' favorite. So this is this negative transference I have on you. So um, I really don't like any of, of that. I didn't want to give anybody negative transference. And like, this is not for me, but it's you had to go along with it. But so part of me is I really wanna be really well liked. I want like everyone to like me. So also I think I'm nice. And I was thinking, oh, I hope no one gives me negative transference. And like my friends and I were like, okay, we'll give it to you. And it was just kind of a fake thing. Like I was like, oh, which actually was genuine. But I said to one of my friends that I had negative transference when she came in late because she was so beautiful and she was really cute and had just great style. And so that was it. But I had a few people and it was older women that were really nice. And they came up to me and they were like, a, You, I had negative transference for you when you you just share a lot. You talk a lot. And it I hate it. And it makes me think of my sister and she would talk and she would get attention. And I was kind of shocked at the feedback. And and then some people would feel kind of free, or this one woman, to tell me that she felt just like, oh, I, but I would wait. And then it was, I had a lot of friends. I made some really good friends and and they really liked that. I would ask a question. Cause one of my friends, John, like he just didn't, he was like, I, I love that you ask questions. And, um, and so for some people, you know, whether we're on a date and we might be into politics, not into politics, into religion, not into religion, into sports, like it's so awesome that we're all unique and that we all have these different personalities. And just because somebody, you know, your old partner might've been like, oh, I hate that you leave the dishes in the sink for somebody else. I love that you're so relaxed. Like my old partner always made us run the dishes and leave the kitchen spotless. And I know that's kind of a small thing and actually not about your personality, but knowing that what you might worry about because maybe somebody else has been critical could be somebody's favorite thing. And so to be you, whether you're just in a social situation or a dating situation, because when people are authentic, That's when we're drawn to them, you know, and I think that we, it would be boring if we all acted the same.
0: Well, and I've got two thoughts on what you said. Number one, like the thing that I was reminded of was this particular, how I met your mother episode where, you know, Ted, the main character goes out with this girl and they actually, they go on the same date, seven years later, the exact same date. And they start realizing and and they start pointing out, oh, this is what I didn't like about what you did. This is what I didn't like about what you did. And at the end of the episode, he realizes he didn't call. It was him that didn't call her. And so, and then he says, you know, I know why I didn't call you. I, I want somebody that laughs at my joke. You know, like, you know, he he makes this like shellfish joke or something. And he's like, and when I and when I met your mother, she laughed hilariously at that joke. And the girl's like, Yeah, and I want somebody that loves my cats. And like, and, and they just went back and forth. Like, if we change to become who we think we have to be to get somebody else, we're not gonna be happy. Like, and the thing that I loved about what you said about all these women coming up and talking to you, because from the first moment I ever met you, for the first moment I ever saw you talk in a, a group call we were both on, I, I just knew there was something different about you. And that and that something different is you've done the work. Like people, like anytime people look at somebody and are jealous and wonder like what you know, how to get to that point, the answer is do the work. And the work is simply becoming the best version of ourselves but not for anybody else for us yeah. i mean y- you work like i have so much respect for you for all the work that you have put in you've been through tons of classes you've been through tons of programs like even on plenty of the calls that you and i have had together just chatting you're you're often on a treadmill like you are you work so hard to become the best version of yourself but you also don't have that much on it anymore. Like you don't think that much about it. You just show up and be the best version that you can be. And, and I think if each of us would just show up and be the best version of us, I mean, cause like some negative transference for people is crazy. I mean, I've been told I'm, I'm too optimistic. I'm too energetic and I'm too picky with who I date. And now all of those are true, but do I want to change any of them? Not entirely. I mean, there's like Michael Neal one time told me, oh, it's okay to read the room and like if the room is very solemn and stuff, don't come in and be like, what's up, guys? <laughs> I, I've probably been guilty of that stuff. But it's like it's about doing the work. Like if if you are jealous of somebody else that you think has it all together, do the work. Like if you see somebody that's in incredible shape, it takes work to get in shape. It takes a lot of work to get in shape. It takes, it takes being so present and so aware of what you're eating. And then there's plenty of times that you don't care. Like anyone that is anywhere you want to be, it takes showing up and being intentional about creating that in your life. And anytime you see someone you're jealous of, all it's a sign of is, hey, you know what? There's something in that person that I want. Okay, well, what is it? Cause what we usually do when we're jealous of somebody is we're like, well, they might be this, but they've got all these problems. Yeah. It's like, well, what does that matter? Like, if you're, if you're jealous of a singer, if you're jealous of an actor, if you're jealous of whoever, find what it is you're jealous about. And if that's a, a characteristic or an attribute you want to develop, go develop
1: it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, do you have any other thoughts? Like, especially for, you know, like, I know you've been, you were single and then, and then you were married and then you were single again. I mean, any thoughts specifically for people that are in that boat that you'd just like to share with, I mean, or people that are just struggling in general as, as single people that you feel would be helpful?
1: You know, honestly, I don't know if I'm best equipped um, at, at that since I've had only very short periods of my life of being single, but I think Um, let me try to think for a minute of what I would want. I mean, you know, it's something that came through for me. Somebody shared this in one of my groups was that you are a gift, you know, you are the gift and whoever would get to be with you would be lucky. And so I think to, you know, I don't know. I think I hesitate to say like, feel good about yourself. Because kind of when you were talking about with Sid Banks, it's like, actually, sometimes when we focus on self-love, we focus on ourselves, And there's nothing wrong with that. But then we can just kind of be caught up about ourselves. And actually, we feel when we're just present, we just feel more connected to everybody. And it's a love for everybody. And that feels really good. Um, so, um, So I think it would be, in a way, just be present and enjoy your beautiful life. And and if you don't feel good, take that as a sign to get that present and see what comes up. Because I guess that's where I hesitate because I don't know where people are at that that are listening, you know? And if they get quiet, they'll hear their own wisdom, which would be tailored to them. Because it might be, you've been pushing yourself to go on dates when, why don't you just be happy and single and take a break, you know? Or somebody might say, you know what? You took a break for a long time, Why don't you have a fresh new approach Um, or whatever, or, or it might be, oh my gosh, I'm going to join this church group or this knitting group or this soccer. Like, you know, I mean, because I think being open to hearing something outside of your intellect, like something fresh and new, you know, Um, and if you are stuck and you've been single for a long time and you don't want to be single um, and you don't know what else to do. I I really like, um, I heard Wynne Morgan say before I know always comes I don't know. So sometimes just being hopeful and being okay with the I don't know and getting quiet and hearing what comes through for you you know for for each person, each person listening because we have I mean they know themselves so much better than I know anybody listening
0: I know mean, I love that. like don't yeah guys don't take anything we're talking about on here as like a prescription necessarily. when you get quiet, you will be taught what you need to hear. Yeah. And I think I mean one of the things that I learned from um I think it was Ryan Brock that had that host that created heartfelt presence was I, I talked about how it was all about guidance, and she's like, no, Joseph, it's all about the beautiful feeling, and it really is because when we're in that beautiful feeling, we just naturally see things differently. We just naturally get that guidance. and so well, Willie, well, thank you so much for for being on here. It's so fun to talk to you and have this, and have this conversation. Um, go ahead and, and tell everybody how they can connect with you.
1: Okay, great. Well, my on TikTok, I'm just straight peace from within. On Instagram, there is an underscore peace from within, and my website is peace dash from dash within dot com. But if you're on social media, you can click on my links and it will take you to my website and um I have a bunch of kind of offerings there recordings where actually there's a 3 hour workshop on intrusive thoughts there's workshops that you know people can purchase and watch right away on physical symptoms and panic attacks and um driving anxiety there's like a load and I'm always I'm always creating more and as I said I have so many free videos on social media cuz I love creating little short content. It's really fun for me. So I have thousands of videos and, um, yeah. And then you can always find out if you want to work together individually, but that's, you can find out all my information there on social media.
0: Well, guys, her channel is definitely worth following. She shares a lot of amazing things. And so Lily, thank you so much for being on here. This has been so much
1: fun. Thank you for having me.
0: Bye. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on. And you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes. So you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and and just kind of the stuff going on in your world. Then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.